The following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It does not reflect the views or opinions of my university or its affiliates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome, as always, to the Sister Wives Professor. That's me. I'm Dr. Adam, a professor of interpersonal and family communication and a follower of the TLC series, Sister Wives. And do I ever have something to talk to you about today? I have to be honest with you. I did not expect to do this podcast, this specific episode, at least not right now. True story, I was about halfway through my notes for episode five of season two of Sister Wives, when I just got this bee in my bonnet and I went to check my DMs and stuff like I do sometimes, and somebody mentioned offhand, you know, whenever you have time, whenever you get to Christine's wedding special, I really would like to know what you think about this. And I won't tell you what it is because I'll get to it later. And I thought, yeah, okay, cool. I'll get to that. And I just couldn't shake it. (laughs) I couldn't get over it. I thought, okay, I have to see this. I have to know what she's talking about. Because really, at the end of the day, I want to give you all what you want. That really is the most important thing to me. Because without people listening to this podcast, there's really no point in it existing. And I can I just tell you real quick, it's so funny. Because I thought I was being really strategic with the timing of this podcast. I thought, okay, season 18 is done. I've got the whole period until the next season to go through several seasons of Sister Wives. There won't be anything new that I'll need to cover. And then, bam, talkbacks. And then, bam, lookbacks. Then, hooray, Christine's wedding specials. And I'm not complaining because I love the content and I love talking about this stuff to you and with you, but it's just funny. So if this is confusing, why I keep going back and forth from season 18 to season two right now, I don't mean to confuse you. If all goes according to plan later this week, I will release that podcast where I analyze season two, episode five. I am working on it right now as well, but I just really wanted to talk about this. I wanted to watch the wedding special part one, and I wanted to talk to you about it. So I will be obviously covering wedding special part two as well as soon as I can. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And of course, if you're subscribed to The Sister Wives Professor on Patreon at patreon.com slash Professor, At the time that this will be released, you've already gotten bonus content, my analyses of the second talkback and the two lookback episodes and more, and there's even more stuff coming, so I won't belabor the point anymore. Let's talk about the first episode of Christine and David's wedding special. We open up the episode with Christine rolling up in Moab, Utah, with several of her sisters getting out of a car. One even embraces Christine, shouting in joy, saying, Sister! Sister getting married! Christine hugs her with a broad, toothy smile, 
eyes closed in happiness behind her sunglasses. Christine and David are doing a confessional together in the same room I noticed that she did her confessionals in the Look Back episodes. David looks very smiley, very happy. Christine has a lot of warmth and happiness in her voice, says that they've been dating for about 10 months. Christine even raises and lowers her eyebrows playfully, saying they'll be getting married this weekend. David doesn't have a lot of variation in his tone of voice. I know that that has been discussed in social media, but you know, some people just sound that way. And so David's kind of flat. He says he's very excited about getting married. (laughs) I do think he's excited, especially as we go through this episode. I just think that's how he sounds. I think he just sounds with a pretty even-keeled tonality in his voice. Christine is laughing silently and leaning towards David as he, again, quite calmly, says he's a little nervous, and he makes a small gesture, like, like he's indicating something as small with his thumb and his forefinger, and he almost rolls his eyes back in his head, saying he's so excited to marry you, and he looks right at Christine. He says, not to marry Christine, you know, he doesn't look at the camera and say, I'm so excited to marry Christine. He looks right at Christine and says, I'm so excited to marry you. I thought that was really telling in a good way. She's just beaming at him. And David in what Christine calls the playroom, now we see them milling about the house and says, of course he's in there. And she smiles a bit with a closed mouth and shakes her head. Doesn't seem aggravated by this at all. Actually quite appreciative. Christine, quite bluntly, in a talking head with David, says that she stalked him, found him, says his online dating profile was awesome. David smiles and nods without reacting much to this, so even though she's using kind of evocative language, I think he's heard it before. He's not coming across as if this is news to him. She talks about his great pictures. David's looking at her a lot as she talks. He's not looking at the camera that much. Christine says she messaged him. He says they started talking, and he makes almost this like kind of uh-oh face, and Christine laughs at him. She says that she said, let's meet, and he says he thought that she was aggressive, but he doesn't sound put off by this at all, just remarking on that it stood out to him. This doesn't surprise me as being kind of strange, because typically men on dating sites, it's been a very long time since I've used a dating site. I've been married for a very long time, very happily married for a very long time, but I do remember as a guy on a dating website, you tend to be the one messaging a lot, at least in my experience, at least I was. Christine, with some sass, says she knows what she wants and she goes for it, and I say good for her. Janelle on the couch, thinking and looking away, says they didn't talk too much about her relationship with David, but she says that Christine did tell Janelle when there's a party, David actually helps. And Janelle emphasizes this and repeats it, saying Cody wasn't very helpful in those situations. He wasn't super present. We even get some B-roll as she says this of Cody wandering around, talking to people during a gathering. Janelle even smiles with some sarcasm, saying that Cody wasn't big on the party prep part. We see Christine and David at home with Christine making a lot of waving arm gestures, talking about all the kids and the various people that are coming. Christine's youngest full sister named Bethany is there, and she is platinum-level iconic in dark blues brothers sunglasses and a galactic wolf t-shirt who is this woman and is it weird to say that i want to be her friend christine looks away a bit saying only one sibling of hers isn't coming so that'll be nine siblings and her father and her mother and her other mother will be there big emphasis says janelle is definitely invited 
but she does say they did not invite Cody, Robin, or Mary. Bethany, Christine's sister, smiles broadly, learning that all Janelle's kids are coming, raises her eyebrows and balls her fist at her hips in excitement. Christine covers her mouth and squeals in joy in reaction to this. Christine, back on the confessional couch, describes being taken aback by David's arresting beautiful eyes on their first date. David, once again, does not react too much to this. Christine rolls her eyes kind of salaciously, talking about how much she dug his bald head. Christine getting a little bit horned up here, and I say, good for you, girl. David says that his impression was he was like, mm-hmm, and nods, mm-hmm, you're hot. Christine likes this. She leans against him, puts her head on his shoulder for a moment. He says the glow about her was incredible. That's a really sweet thing to say. You can tell, by the way, already that Christine is so taken with the validation and the reinforcement, the appreciation of her looks and otherwise, because this is very novel to her, having been in a relationship where those things probably weren't acknowledged or prized very much. I'm not saying that's wrong of her to want. I actually think she deserves that. I think everybody deserves to be appreciated aesthetically, intellectually, emotionally, in whatever combination they want. I'm just saying that it's clearly a clear contrast to Cody, and that could probably have a really profound emotional impact on her. David gets out a big bin full of stuff, and we find out in a minute what it is, and Christine starts setting up how it'll be dark for people leaving at the end of the wedding. It'll be dark. And David puts on some really interesting-looking glow stick glasses, and Christine then goes into the playroom, turns the light off, sings a little wordless tune, to a small boy's delight. David says that he'd always let people know on dates that he had eight kids. Christine says, I was a little confused by this, I think Christine said she didn't know on the first date, but then he says that he did the same thing with Christine. He says that she paused for just a second when he told her. And Christine, with some pretty clear disbelief, squints and asks if he's sure about that, which he is. She says she was excited and nods in affirmation, saying it meant he can handle her kids and the extra kids. So it's pretty great. I think she wasn't bothered by what he said, but she did feel it important to clarify that she had no issue with his children. Speaking of kids and grandkids, McKelty and Tony arrive with their children, or two of their children. McKelty makes a big entrance, and Christine sort of jogs to them, saying, Babies! And these kids... <sighs> Y'all know I love babies. Are you tired of me talking about how much I love babies? These kids are so cute. McKelty asks if Christine is in white, meaning her top, because of her wedding weekend, and Christine points a finger at her and gestures around the room, saying she isn't going to get dirty. Tony and McKelty kind of riff on this for a second, even asking David how much is in the betting pool for how dirty she'll get at the wedding. Christine, with some laughter in her voice, calls them all poo-poo butts and jerks. I think I was in a band in college once called poo-poo butts and jerks. It was the 2000s. Things were weird. In a confessional, David says there's barbecue after the wedding and he's betting she'll get food on her dress. Please don't manifest that, David. Christine frowns and squints at this playfully, not liking it. She gives a quick side eye to the camera, says, hey, then quieter, hey. I think she's going along with this and being a good sport more than she found that actually funny. McKelty points out there were more guests at her wedding to Tony than will come to Christine's. David says it's quality, not quantity. In terms of wedding guests, I have to agree with him on that one. 
Christine now talking about her and David's second date, making a lot of chopping gestures and a very fast rate of speech, enacting telling David about being a third wife, how long she was married, and, and so on and so forth, gesturing more, saying they got down the road further before telling him the family has been public for 13 years. And she recounts him saying, girl, I don't live under a rock. <laughs> and she a bit bashfully asks him, do you remember? And of course he does remember, but kind of a funny thing to reveal. Yeah, I've been on a television show for over 10 years. Like He, he probably, probably knows that. Cody on Coyote Pass, cutting down a tree and yelling, go, 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 damn you. Proving as usual that Cody both can't do anything right, and he'll just yell at whatever is upsetting him, including an enormous tree. Cody sits down with Robin on the property, describing finding out about Christine's impending nuptials by seeing a wedding announcement at his sister's house. As he says this, he has a broad grin showing a lot of teeth and even leans forward towards the camera to emphasize his words. Some silent laughter, and he kind of looks at Robin, who isn't so much reacting as I think she's trying to read Cody and monitor his mood. Kind of like the talkbacks, she's just sort of sizing him up, and I honestly think trying to gauge his anger level at all times. He says he's really fine, he's resolved with it, he does sound calm and honest, but he starts to give it away by swinging his head toward Robin and saying, she made the accusation that, and he sounds like he's gearing up for some like sarcastic trash talk, and Robin interrupts him, saying, aren't we just so happy for them, and she repeats it again to cut him off. It's not working, Cody's just getting more manic, his eyes get really kind of scary wide, says Christine told their kids dad has his soulmate. Robin, by the way, looks miserable, looking down, tight, flattened mouth, just just giving off waves of unhappiness. I think she wanted to stop this exact conversation with Cody from happening, and she did not succeed. Cody says Christine said that she found her soulmate too, and he's happy for her, for that fact, and that's all he was going to say. Robin said she wasn't sure, and she's quite quiet when she says it. Cody says just because he's been angry for three years doesn't mean he can't be happy for them. And Robin makes this really weird, exhausted-looking face, indicating that this is both something that is true, but also something she finds frustrating. Robin tries to steer past this, says, okay, cool, all right, cool. She, she wants this conversation over, but she can't help herself, saying she hopes Christine and David can be happy, and she nods. Her, her tone of voice didn't sound sarcastic, but her words and her facial expression did. She says that's all she's going to say. So she hopes Christine and David can be happy. I think she's saying the qualifier there. I hope they can be happy in order to appease Cody. Robin has always been big on playing both sides. So I think she wants to appear in a way that won't get her dinged on social media too much but she can't be overtly supportive of Christine and David, even if she particularly felt like it, which I don't think she does, without upsetting Cody. It's just a balancing act for her, I think, all the time. Cody does another unsettling, scary smile and bobs his head. I think that anger is coming out. Back with Christine, more weird banter between McKelty and David. They sort of are play-arguing over who has better food. In a talking head, McKelty says she loves David, he's incredible, and they tease each other a lot, just like she does her mom. She says, that's how you know that she likes you. If she doesn't make fun of you or tease you, then she doesn't like you. They're all building glow stick glasses, and David makes references to his sisters. He elaborates in a confessional that he actually has two sisters that live polygamy down in Mexico. 
He's dismissive in both voice and his facial expression, saying it's something he'd never do. Christine even says she asked him, and almost tells him more than asks him, in this moment, you don't want to live polygamy, right? David and Christine crosstalk as David confirms again that he doesn't, says no, 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 no. Christine smiles broadly and laughs. Silently at this, she seems pleased. He even says don't ever speak that word again, and Christine just breaks at this point, throws back her head and laughs. They're building more glasses, and McKelty is, I think, feigning humor to work through some past grudges, saying that her mother's getting married too soon, they should probably wait until December. Christine says, oh, shots fired. McKelty recounts how they didn't want her and Tony getting married too soon, and explains that David and Christine actually haven't known each other as long as McKelty and Tony had. Now, two things. Do I think McKelty is handling this maturely? No, I don't. Do I think that McKelty deserves these feelings she's having, and she's trying to work through them constructively as best she can? Yes, I do. There's been some chatter about this, and I was really monitoring this because on Patreon, y'all really wanted me to comment on this. I don't think McKelty's being fair, but I do understand where she's coming from. I don't judge her too much on this, but she kind of just will not let this stuff go, as we'll see. Christine next to David tells the camera in kind of a conspiratory way that she tells their kids they've known each other for a year, but whispers it's not true. And she just said that because she told her kids they had to wait a year to get married. Christine and David high-five each other as McKelty calls them hypocrites, won't let it go. David pretends to take offense. McKelty laughs, and she and Tony repeat all the things Christine said to her. It's all humorous in tone, but again, I don't think it's a joke. I think there's some real hurt there that hasn't been resolved. Christine says she's excited to say I do, and Christine says David is excited to say I do to anything she wants. This gets a laugh, and Christine smiles at David, who, as per usual with David, he doesn't react very much, but he does nod. Christine says that he's willing to give her the wedding of her dreams. Very telling, Christine, I think understandably, is unable, completely unable, to separate this experience from her wedding to Cody, and really her marriage to Cody. I don't know how she could. It's such a stark contrast. I do find myself wondering if she had been single longer, even like years, or dated other people and not gotten married to them, had breakups, would she be tying this wedding experience so much to her wedding to Cody? I don't think so. But I'm not, that doesn't mean that she's doing the wrong thing. I just don't think she would be so raw about the Cody marriage if this wasn't happening, honestly, just, just as soon as it is after her divorce. Christine actually discusses her wedding ceremony to Cody, and since she was a plural wife, it was a very small ceremony, no dancing, no party, just a small dinner. She sounds a bit wistful or even a bit sad, saying she's excited for the big wedding. McKelty and Tony prepare to head out, and she hands Christine the second baby. <laughs> so now Grandma Christine has both, which she refers to as even more better. It was a very sweet grandma moment. Christine says matter-of-factly, but without apology, that things have gone fast, said she planned on just dating and having fun, and reveals a secret, she says, that she had another date planned for the day she went out with David. She shrugs and waves her hands a bit, explaining almost an apology that she was just dating, having a good time, but once she met David, she canceled the other date. Here's a quick fun story. I had a date planned the day that I went on the first date I went on with my who would become my wife. 
now my wife and I were friends. We had been friends for quite a long time. And I didn't know she had any interest in me, but I definitely liked her. So I had a blind date from a dating website. And I was in class, actually, I was working on my PhD at the time. And I got a text message from my friend, from my friend who would later become my wife asking, hey, do you want to go on a date? And I didn't know she meant date, date. So I said, should we bring our friend, Steve? And she said, if you want to, but I thought it would just be you and me. And so I thought, I don't know what this means, but I liked her so much, I canceled the other date. And I, I'm sure that person did perfectly fine without going on a date with me. I'm sure she's doing great. And yeah, I, I think I made the right decision. Back at the house, Christine lays out the timeline of events to come, getting a facial, hair, etc., and ends it with a whisper saying, then we're getting married. And David nods and says, yes, we are. Christine giggles, they smile at each other and embrace, and Christine lets out a small sigh of happiness. It was a very, very, very touching moment. Christine wearing a Halloween-y type Till Death Do Us Part shirt with some skeleton arms, directing guests to the mimosas in the kitchen. Brunch time is the best time. I just now noticed, by the way, that Christine is referred to as David's fiancé in her title on the screen, which was just surreal to me to see for the first time. Courtney, a hair and makeup artist, says that with so many women to take care of, they're doing DIY facials and kits. Christine makes a lot of references to pampering and getting pampered. She's very happy about this. This seems to be something in particular that she's happy about. Says it'll be her daughters, David's daughters, the daughters-in-law. Closes her eyes and shakes her head, saying so many awesome, awesome people. Christine sounds happy, if a bit stressed out, talking about the tight timeline to get all the rehearsal stuff and rehearsal dinner done. Christine gestures with her thumb, saying all the boys are out with David. She, she doesn't do finger quotes, but it's kind of like that, this hand gesture, saying almost like a little bachelor party. Almost and little are interesting qualifiers there. I don't think she's comfortable with the bachelor party term. So I think she was, and it's probably not a traditional bachelor party, or maybe it was, I don't know but she wanted to kind of qualify it there. Christine puts a face mask on to exfoliate, maybe. I don't know, she looks like Patrick Bateman. Or kind of like, you remember when Dwight Schrute cut the CPR doll's face off and put it on his face to do Silence of the Lambs? She looked great. That's all I mean. She looked great. I should have just said she looked great. Christine's daughters are all talking about being excited. All grown up truly with the Alexa Bliss hair, the blue at the bottom. Very nice. Truly says that she already lives with them both and already refers to them as husband and wife, which she says that Christine often corrects her on. McKelty says she's already accepted David as their stepfather. And Aspen repeats that the stepfather phrase, looks down and makes an expression it couldn't quite read. It's almost like a wince. Christine discusses talking to Truly about being nervous about moving in with David. Truly said she was a little bit nervous until Christine admitted that she was nervous too. And then Truly said, okay, then a lot. Christine kind of laughs, describing this. Discusses the weirdness of having a man live with them full-time for the first time for both of them. There's a big group photo taken with all the ladies in their face masks. It was pretty fun. Isabel and Aspen agree their mom should have someone obsessed with her, which they say David is. I don't know about this. I don't know how comfortable they really are. They seem to be kind of talking themselves into being comfortable, maybe more than feeling comfortable. That's my read. 
McKelty asks her mom if she's the most fun daughter, and Christine quite seriously gives an extended answer that does address the question, but also gives some real substantive, thoughtful, positive reinforcement to McKelty. Impressive mom stuff. Christine's mom is in the background, by the way, playing with one of McKelty's babies. David's daughter, Reagan, is compared to McKelty in demeanor in a positive way. We actually get a talking head with Reagan, who seems hesitant and thoughtful, calling it interesting to have her dad fall in love with someone like Christine. You have to imagine the plural marriage stuff even aside. Imagine your parent falling in love with somebody on a reality television show. I think interesting is a perfectly reasonable way to put it. She says that both Christine and her dad take charge, calls them bossy, and then laughs very loudly. Seemingly, Reagan is not super at ease with this either, based upon my interpretation. Christine talking about being up at 3 a.m., and McKelty sort of blurts out, did you get cold feet? Christine laughs and says, no, she's marrying the love of her life, and draws tears with her fingers down the sides of her face and makes a silly face and bobs her head. Hey, we see Mary at Lizzie's Heritage Inn. She's putting up some neat ghosts, some Halloween decorations. You all know how much I love Halloween. She says she doesn't know when Christine is getting married, but she's happy for her for finding some peace. Mary, by the way, does not sound fake. She doesn't seem like she's being over the top. She sounds sincere. She acknowledges that it's been hard and that they have had conflict in the family for many years. Mary, quite blunt, says the whole thing is sad for her, meaning the family situation, but she reiterates she's happy for Christine. She puts on a smile that's honestly kind of sad, but I do think it's sincere. McKelty keeps interjecting loudly, saying Christine has her permission to get married. I don't think this is funny. I don't think it's necessary either when she says that Reagan had told her she didn't want her to marry David. Reagan refutes this, of course. Christine, though, and this is all that matters, Christine laughs, seems fine with it. Reagan even makes a small crack about Christine's kids' names. Christine gets up from the makeup chair and gives everyone a big hug, though, so she's doing fine. To reiterate, I just think McKelty is working through conflicted emotions, and it's just sort of coming out in a weird way. If this had happened any other day, maybe she would have behaved differently. Going to the Red Cliffs Lodge in Moab, Utah for the wedding rehearsal, lots of hugs being given. Christine impressed with the place, and she should be because it is beautiful very big tents outside. Christine embraces Gabriel with Janelle nearby. Janelle is beaming with happiness, complimenting the place, and Christine seems overwhelmed by this. On the couch now, Janelle says she's been able to spend time with David, and she likes him more and more over time. Says David doesn't meet a stranger, he's very friendly, and that he and Christine fit in that way. Christine, quite sassy, says since the wedding planner is absent, Aspen is taking point. Aspen makes a face denoting some intimidation, but I think it was being playful. I think she's comfortable. Christine is quite clear and forceful, telling everyone how it's going to be. But she gets overwhelmed and laughs with emotion, thanking everyone mid-sentence to some cheers and tears. Christine barely keeping it together, explaining how her children and her father will be involved in the ceremony. Gives a big hug to David. We do see Aspen taking charge quite effectively, projecting her voice and even gamifying things for the smaller kids to get them to go and do what they want to do. She challenges them to a race up the hill. Christine even says that Aspen is intimidating to her when she's in this kind of mode. Practicing the walk down the aisle together, David pretends to trip up the steps, and he spreads his arms, yelling dramatically, I'm okay, I'm okay. 
in a confessional with Christine. He says she tripped him. This this was kind of cute, I thought. He's insisting she keeps denying it, and I think she sounds more confused than anything. David says he did a combat tumble, and Christine looks as lost as I feel. By the way, the view of the mountains behind where they'll be getting married is just staggering. Absolutely tremendous. Payton, seemingly 10 feet tall, starts pantomiming how he's going to help Christine's dad sit, since her father physically cannot walk her up the steps to the altar. Christine emphasizes it's important to have her dad there, as he was there for her for her first marriage to Cody. Some real sadness, but resignation, talking about her father's long-term illness, and how they'll keep it simple in case he has a bad day. This seems like something she's come to terms with, but it still has a profound impact on her. Christine's mother, Annie, is talking to Aspen and Isabel. In some contrast, too, Isabel's dressed casually while Aspen has her makeup and dress on. Annie says it'll be worse, better, tomorrow. She'll be crying. Annie touches her chest. Annie's very emotional. The director even asks Annie what she felt seeing Christine rehearse the walk down the aisle. And Annie puts a hand over her mouth. It's quite overcome. Her granddaughters are smiling very fondly at her. Annie fidgets with her hair, telling Isabel she couldn't be there the first time. Couldn't even be there, she says. This real sadness of Annie not being able to be at the wedding ceremony to Christine's wedding to Cody still resonates with her. This, there's still pain here. Christine describes this about how her mother couldn't be at the ceremony because she wasn't a church member. Back to Annie, overwhelmed with tears, praising Christine for being courageous and with real emphasis and strength through these tears, says she loves her so much. Gesturing with her hands for emphasis, she's so excited for her. Christine and David take a moment to consider the view from their altar, laugh, and embrace each other. This was nice. It's your wedding and your wedding planning and your wedding especially itself can go so fast. You, you really have to take these little moments with your partner just to center yourselves when you can. Oh God, and it's Cody on the couch. Okay, his hair looks like he was just given a swirly and a McDonald's fry vat, wearing a suit jacket, no tie, heart of the ocean necklace. He kind of looks like if divorce was a person. Calls his marriage to Christine, he pauses a bit, lackluster. He sounds calm and restrained, but I sense more that bubbling anger he's controlling. He references how Mary and Janelle weren't in the best condition at the time of his wedding to Christine and says it wasn't a great day. He says he hopes Christine has her great day with her wedding, hopes it's spectacular and wonderful and that David's digging on her. I kind of take it back a little bit. He he sounds pretty sincere, pretty calm, not, not trying to fake it. Weird. 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 I didn't expect him to sound this honestly positive. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm shocked. Folks are milling about taking seats on the boat. They're on a boat, by the way. Christine looks back at people and cheers loudly. David calls the boat a floating bar. Christine, with pronounced enunciation, repeats this, looking at David and says, yes. Christine starts hyping everyone up, running down the aisle of the boat, slapping hands. Chug's a tall boy, it looks like. It was blurred out because of a brand. Folks are chanting Chug at her, including what I think were Hunter and Garrison. Christine says, first marriage, no beer. Now she drinks and have tattoos. I have tattoos. I have a lot. Does that surprise you? Let me know. Are you surprised? I have a ton of tattoos. Like I have tattoo sleeves. 
I've got tattoos all over myself. I, does that surprise you? I bet it. I don't know. I wonder if it does or not. Let me know. She says she's still sheltered, though, comparatively, and looks down with a bit of bashfulness. Janelle on the boat offers to do a speech, which gets some cheers. Notably, Christine introduces Janelle as her sister-wife to even more cheers. Janelle starts out by saying, I'm not going to cry, which is a great way to make yourself cry. Janelle pauses. She's already blinking back tears, steadies herself, and says, this is a fairy tale, and she's so excited to be a part of it. She sounds very sincere, very emotional. Thanks, Christine, for making her a part of the deal and sharing children. Christine's talking back at her. At the same time, both of them very overcome with emotion, and they embrace each other to even more cheers. Janelle on the couch says the big question now is when is it her turn? She's kind of dismissive in tone, though, and her eye movement, too, is dismissive. She says she has a big plan that does not involve getting married again or even having a man around, really. And, you know, I believe her. Mary on the couch discussing that Cody had said recently he never loved her or Janelle or Christine. Lots of pauses between words. She says again that she's excited for Christine and anticipates that the same thing will happen to her at some point. And I I really do, if she wants that, I wish that for her. Off the boat now, Christine, quite excited, notices her father. David, by the way, has like the upside down, backwards sunglasses around his neck that I cannot pull off. It would get in the way of my ponytail, for one thing. Christine walks to her father with a long, drawn-out, Dad! He seems to be leaning on a woman as Christine embraces him. He tells her how much he loves her. Her father's name is Rex, and Rex says it's going to be way different for years in the last 20. Very supportive thing to say. Rex keeps emphasizing how well she'll be treated now. I don't know if he's in pain, but he definitely seems uncomfortable. But he's concentrating so much on praising his daughter, reassuring his daughter. This was the most emotionally affecting moment for me. I really, I really had some time <laughs> to kind of process this. Christine once again talking to David on the couch, this time talking about how her father whispered to her about how happy she is and that her first marriage wasn't great, says Rex was frustrated with Cody for a while. David gestures, putting his hands together in a part, saying he wants to get going, it's been too long. And Christine laughs and says, you want to get it over with? And David says, yeah. Well, she says the goal is to make sure he's glad they didn't elope, which at one point he wanted to. And she's looking very intently at him, very serious. She's joking, but she's serious, if that makes sense. And David just shakes his hands, saying he's excited to marry her. Folks are setting up the wedding, tablecloths, flowers, etc. Back at the house, truly in full Luna Lovegood mode, just bursts into the house saying, Hello, my children! Christine is overcome, happy, and laughing. Smiling confirms to us today is her wedding day. Christine hugs Isabel and Peyton, and, and Peyton actually waits patiently for a beat and then hugs his mother too. McKelty kind of charges in, saying that she loves her mother more and tries to break up her hug and hug her mom instead, but she kind of defers. McKelty sasses her mom about not wearing pajamas while she gets ready. Christine brushes it off, confident, saying she doesn't have to do anything traditional she doesn't want to. Madison is there, by the way, kind of impassively watching all this, getting her hair done. Christine now explaining there's no maid of honor or best man, and she's moving her hands around, illustrating and showing almost like doing away with those things with her hands. She says she wanted to be alone with David on the altar with the officiant. She even shakes a pointer finger, saying she shared a marriage for years. She's not sharing the stage. 
a lot of contextualizing this event with her previous marriage, which again, I understand, but it just shows how present it is and how raw that marriage and that divorce is. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just very clear that this is very much on her mind. Okay, so I did not see this coming. Madison and Hunter are doing a confessional now. Madison's holding one hand up, saying, so weird because she's sad, which Hunter nods and quietly makes affirming noises about. She says it's sad the other family isn't here. There's animosity. But then she closes the same hand into a fist and says she loves David and David's family. She's quite calm, a very measured voice, very serious, and I think being, being quite purposeful with what she's saying. David now welcoming the gentleman to the groom's suite area, it looks like, says that the plan is to wait for everyone and then get dressed. They'll give him crap, which he says is all right because he can handle it. David looks up for emphasis, saying 110% it's the right thing to get married. He found his unicorn, something he didn't think was real, something he didn't think he could touch. Am I just tired? And over-emotional, because I'm kind of going through some things that y'all don't need to worry about. I'm fine. Is that why I found this so moving, to hear him describe this woman this way? Maybe this only landed for me. I don't know. Let me know. Hey, Mitch is here, randomly. I did not recognize him with longer hair and a different beard. David introduces Tony to all kinds of different folks. David explains that Corbin will be marrying him and Christine, as Corbin is licensed and has married some of his kids. We got to a talking head of Corbin and David's daughter, Katie. Katie says that Corbin earlier had joked about marrying them right away because he was licensed to do so, but months later they asked him to do it. But can he avoid any inappropriate jokes? Anyway, Corbin won me over, saying Christine and David are a story that needs to be told. Finding love later in life. He was quite lovely the way he talked about this. David can't figure out what shirt Christine had told him to wear, and all of a sudden, I relate to David. Tony's arguing over the colors, and since I am colorblind, this whole thing stressed me out. Christine is getting her hair done in large curlers, and McKelty making more jokes, saying that she looks amazing, it's perfect, don't do anything else. I'm really, I'm trying to be kind here, I'm not sure about these choices that she's making. Aspen in a talking head has her hair curled? Slightly? Crimped? Don't be mad. I don't know what it's called. She looks great. She says that the daughters wanted to give their mom something. Isabel, kind of bashful, explains to her mom that she put pennies on the bottom of her shoes as a German tradition for good luck. Aspen gives Christine a bracelet with her and David's initials engraved on it, and also gives her the earrings that Aspen wore in her own wedding. And Christine is very overcome by this, touches her mouth briefly, says no, 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 emphasizes she really wants to wear them, it's very sweet moment. McKelty, also I thought this was a great moment, gave her mom the cake cutter that she used to cut her wedding cake, although she first says to cut her wedding night or wedding knife. I, I don't know, I'm nitpicking, sorry. Christine, with some restrained but deep emotion, eyes moving around, says she didn't expect the girls to be this excited. And she sounds relieved, saying they're having a good time with her getting married and she gives a big group hug to her daughters. Aspen is now doing Isabel's hair as Isabel is straddling a closed-lid toilet. You do what you gotta do. Isabel asks Aspen if it's weird that David is being referred to more as their stepdad. That qualifier saying more as their stepdad, I think, denotes some underlying discomfort here. 
Aspen says that she wouldn't call him that. Isabel says twice that she doesn't know, and Aspen calls him their mom's husband. Isabel asks if she wants that, and Aspen says no. Isabel sounds surprised, says, really? About not wanting him to be their stepdad, you know, in terms of the title? This kind of labeling, by the way, is very important. It might seem almost sort of immaterial, but it, but it's not. The things we call people, the labels we put on relationships, are very, very important. Very, very important. Say a lot. You know, boyfriend and girlfriend, or partner versus fiance versus spouse. These things have different social weight to them. Your mom's husband versus your stepfather. Those are very different things, both linguistically and in terms of the sociological weight they carry. Isabel says it's stressful and they're just family, and they both kind of laugh nervously. Aspen even picks on her sister a tiny bit, saying, they can ask David. And they kind of act out what he'd say, landing on like, I don't know, call me David. Back to Cody, smiling, says that truly is the youngest, he doesn't think she'll call him dad or stepdad ever. He spreads his hands wide and says, maybe. He says it doesn't matter, it's all their choice. Once again, weirdly handling this maturely, I did not expect this at all. Garrison and Caleb arrive at the groom suite. There's a confessional now with Madison, Hunter, and Caleb, which is quite a combination. Hunter says that Christine has been the party animal and that David is similar. Madison agrees, saying that their good time is everyone having a good time. And Hunter even finishes her thought with her in unison, which was an interesting sort of sibling synergy moment. Caleb, who previously had kind of looked asleep with his eyes open, gets quite animated, moving his hands eyes wide, saying, David lets her have fun, and he focuses on Christine. The subtext here being Cody needed the focus on him and was more about him being fun. Christine asks Aspen if she likes Christine's hair and makeup. Aspen says, you're going to get it. And they laugh, kind of somewhat scandalized. Christine says, that's my daughter, but then touches her hair with both hands and says, I hope so. Ego girl, you go get it. Tony keeps poking at David, asking David if he's nervous. David says he's emotional, with Tony says he's close to nervous. Not very helpful, is he? David, very positive, calls it awesome. It's so cool. Isabel recounts a moment when David sincerely told her mother he loves her. And she seems quite overcome and very sincere about how powerful it was. It says a lot about Cody. It really, really does that, that their daughter is so overcome by just, just a sincere expression of love to her mom from a man. Madison in the kitchen starts to speak and immediately says she'll cry, kind of like her mom. She steadies herself, waves away, and puts a hand to her face. She's crying, saying she loves David so much and she's so happy for Christine. So she gets her fairy tale. There's a lot of that kind of talk of fairy tales in this episode. We even see footage of Maddie's wedding with Christine speaking over it, saying she really, really was sad about not having a big wedding of her own for the first time that day. Interesting that she didn't feel that way at Robin's wedding, right? She says Maddie glowed, and Christine didn't on her wedding day. And she seems quite serious about this, like this was a major revelation she had. Christine, Aspen, and Truly leave. Christine is holding up her wedding dress, so of course it doesn't drag on the ground. She says David loves her. Loves her. And there's this nice moment of folks filling into the wedding site, and Payton holding his mom's dress for her quite high. I thought that was a really gentlemanly, kind thing to do. More folks are milling around, going where they need to be, getting seated. Christine, very serious, calls David her soulmate with a small shake of the head for emphasis. We end by seeing Christine sitting against a wall on the floor with a director asking her if she's okay. She says, yeah, just taking a moment. 
She gets up. She giggles. She sighs. And Christine goes off to get married. Wow. I hope you liked this, both the episode and the podcast. Like I said, I just couldn't wait (laughs) to talk to you about this any longer, obviously. To reiterate, I will have my analysis of season two, episode three, very soon, as soon as I can get that to you, because I'm trying to keep a schedule, but I just really wanted you to hear this. I really am glad that you listen to this podcast and that you make it a part of your day. That's amazing. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do, if you don't already, is to follow it on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. You can keep up with me on Facebook by searching The Sister Wives Professor and liking and or following the podcast there, where I would be happy to talk to you. You can always email me at thesisterwivesprofessor at gmail.com. And if you want more content, you want to hear me analyze Welcome to Plathville, Real Housewives, or lots more Sister Wives content, Patreon is the way to go. But hey, just keep listening. My name is Adam. I'm the Sister Wives Professor. I'm a teacher. I'm a researcher. And I'm a follower of Sister Wives. And what I want the most is for this podcast to be a positive part of your day. Please be kind to yourself. You deserve kindness. And never forget that you're allowed to forgive yourself as much as you work to forgive other people. Take care. I will see you so soon. Goodbye for now.